Dandana. Hello, dear listeners. This is Christina Hasboon, uh, your host today on Dandana. And with me, I'm very pleased to be hosting uh, Amani Sam'an, the director of Beirut and Beyond International Music Festival. Today's episode will be about music from Beirut and uh, a whole compilation that has just been released uh, of music from Beirut. We will start by talking about the festival, which has been running for quite a few years, about Beirut and about the 20 musicians who have worked on this amazing compilation. Hello, Amani. I'm good. I'm good. Uh, I'm really glad that you made the time in the middle of all of your travels and uh, movement. Thank you. It's a it's a pleasure. <laughs> Can I start with the festival, Amani? Beirut and Beyond has been running since uh, when did it start? When was the first edition of the Beirut and Beyond International Music Festival? The first edition was actually in December. 2013. Mm -hmm. uh, it was scheduled to be in September 2013, but of course, due to the political situation <laughs> in the region, the first edition was already postponed. <laughs> um, okay. It was created out of, um, like, it was a transition between um, what I have been working on before the festival, which was a production, a music production company with uh, three other partners. Um, we used to do like international tours for local artists. We had a small label and we produced uh, some jazz records uh, in between 2011 and 12. And then in the end of 2012, we started feeling the need uh, to have some kind of platform and the showcase platform for musicians to show their music, for independent musicians specifically, and especially that at the time, so many musicians from uh, the region were um, coming to Beirut. We say like, they were seeking asylum in Beirut, but they were also, I don't know how to call it now, but uh, yeah, they were somehow escaping their, uh, their own cities. Um, mm. And when we talk yes. about escaping their cities in 2012, 2013, we're talking about Syria, we're talking about uh, Iraq as well, Egypt, Egypt. Tunisia, um, but mainly Egypt and, uh, and Syria, Syria, I would yeah. say. Iraq a uh, little bit, um, not so many uh, Iraqi musicians are based in Beirut. Interesting. And then uh, how did the idea of the festival then come? Okay, now we're starting, now we're ready. Well, actually, the idea was uh, Khaled Yassin's idea, who was one of the partners. And he was the one behind, you know, like pushing that we need to make this happen. We need to do it now because... And at the time he was working with musicians like Khayyam Lami, like uh, Tamar Abu Ghazali and so many other groups that were only or also like making productions at the time and this is when we, we seriously uh, found them like um, figured out that there is an urgent need to export those uh, those music productions and when it became a bit more concrete is when we met uh, the director of Osloworld, Alexandra Arketi Stolen and the framework of the production we were doing in Beirut for a Norwegian band Norwegian international band we explained our idea and you know Osloworld is a, is a very um, how would I put it like open-minded festival with a lot of international collaborations with many uh, emerging festivals or uh, with many projects and activities all around the world so it was very interesting for them to be supporting such initiative in, uh, in the region Mm -hmm. uh, they were also looking to discover music from the region. So it was for them complete uh, unknown territory of uh, music production, especially independent ones. So we were somehow their uh, door, their, open, their door open to this uh, region. 
um, we also got got the um, uh, a bit of mentorship because at, at the time it was it wasn't common for us to to do a festival. So I had been working for two years in the music, but I didn't really have the experience to produce a music festival. So it yes. was a bit of a learning experience for me. And a um, couple of months later, after we met Alexandra, I flew to Oslo. I pitched the idea to the Minister of Foreign Affairs, and uh, we got our first few thousands. Lovely. Uh, the rest was history, yeah. as they say. Uh, but I, I will stop a little bit at around that time, especially because that was a very significant time in the Arabic-speaking world. It was just shortly after the um, revolutions, and it was a pivotal moment on the independent music scene where a lot of artists were really emerging to perform freely. And this is where we could see somebody like uh, uh, Amal Mathluthi performing, uh, Mariam Saleh. And this is where all of these artists burst into the public conscience because of what was happening partially, but also because of the social media. Now, if we talk about Beirut and the festival, were there other festivals similar uh, at the at that time in terms of the indie scene? Exactly like Beirut and beyond in terms of a showcase festival, no. Mm-hmm. Uh, there um, There is always the recognition for, for uh, Ertijal festival that was present. Mm-hmm. It was mostly focused on experimental music, but of course it opened up uh, a bit more to other independent um, genres, but the focus was, uh, was experimental. Uh, but other than that, there w- weren't really any independent showcase festivals in, in Lebanon. There were Wicker Park, which also started in the same year as Beirut and Beyond, which is a one-night or two-night uh, festival without a presence of, of regional artists or uh, international professionals. Um, there were like few events happening, but not a festival. Like few concerts were programmed uh, with the um, um, Liban Jazz. Uh, its name is Liban Jazz, but they were programming so different uh, uh, genres as well, international bands. But it, they, nothing like Beirut and Beyond existed. And I can also say not even in the region because what was happening in the region were either festivals or but no showcase festivals Mm -hmm. after few months it was um like the next year uh, visa for music was created in uh, in morocco Morocco? it was their first edition in 2014 i suppose so we we started before them but i have to say (laughs) al balad started in 2009 yeah yeah but it's not it wasn't a showcase Showcase, festival it was uh, like a proper festival with uh, no of course my first experience as a tour manager was was uh, an al balad festival in 2011 with uh oh nice okay so al balad has a really really special place in my in my heart and so al balad festival is another festival that happens in jordan i think it happens every two years right in amman and yeah, i'm not exactly. sure what's happening this year uh, but uh, also they do amazing stuff i'm going to suggest a little musical break here let's listen to elise tabet's we slept through the day from the beirut 2021 compilation and then we carry on Thank you. 
from the festival scene we go to to the current state of Beirut and beyond. So the last edition that uh, I was very, very lucky and grateful to have attended was in end of February 2020. That, uh, <laughs> that weird year <laughs> that changed history. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. And that was a time when it was just after the October 2019 revolution that happened in Lebanon and Beirut. And I don't know if the world, but a lot of people were watching what was unfolding in in Lebanon. There was this whole spirit of the people going onto the streets, helping each other. Uh, But then, obviously, it was a period of huge uncertainty for the Lebanese and people who live there. And you decided to do a homegrown edition to focus only on local artists. Can you maybe very briefly yeah, talk about Well, it? actually, Beirut and Beyond normally happens in December uh, over four days, and it's a regional programming, local and regional programming with the presence of international professionals. So in October 2019, when uh, when the revolution started in, uh, in Beirut, I was uh, in Womex, mm-hmm. and I wasn't really aware of what was happening. I knew there were manifestations and things were going on, but I wasn't aware of of the greatness of what was going on in the streets um, until like a few days later and when I was bumping into professionals into, in Womex people were like telling me maybe we cancel because of the they are were not trusting the security situation they were afraid of things happening due to, to all the, the you know like uh, things uh, like people taking over the streets so when Professionals starting cancelling started cancelling. This is when I realized that uh, okay, I, I I have to go back to Lebanon first, and I have to understand what's happening, and and we have to do something. We cannot, as an organization, independent organization, struggling to be um, like sustainable and and struggling to have a proper cultural uh, policies and um, life in Lebanon. We cannot not be part of this. So I went back to Lebanon. Uh, we announced already the postponement of December 2019 edition because we weren't aware what we will be doing at the time. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we started uh, like taking part in um, reunions and meetings with uh, independent cultural workers to start drafting new policies to be presented for the new ministry that we we're hoping that will be by the time. <laughs> This was, you know, like December 2019. It's a bit sarcastic and sad and frustrating that at the time we had hoped that we would have a new Ministry of Culture. And trying to, you know, like put a, a work plan for all of us, on communication, on uh, to cinema, to music, to everything. And it was, for me, it was very heartwarming to see like everyone I had worked before with Metropolis Cinema or any other independent institution like we're joining, we're creating small groups and we're meeting on, on a weekly basis to, to try and figure out what how we can have an impact and do the change needed. And when I was talking with my uh, with other, you know, like co-workers or, or the team in Beirut and beyond, uh, we felt that it was um, like we took the decision early January. But the thing that was that um, nothing has been happening in Beirut as a city since, um, since early uh, October. Um, the venues were almost closed, um, the musicians were not uh, active. We had some funding that was allocated for December 2019 and it was in fresh dollars at the time, so we were feeling rich. And Amani, I will just uh, stop you here and uh, because not everyone will understand what fresh uh, dollars means in Lebanon. So if you can just very shortly explain, briefly. 
So after the revolution started, of course, it was also accompanied by by a huge economic crisis that was very obvious that this was going to happen because in the last few years there were signs and uh, you know like the political uh, strategies and the economic strategies in Lebanon were clearly wrong. So it was expected, but in, after 2019, when uh, the people took over the streets, some measures were taken by uh, by the government, and which was what we call a capital control. So all our money, uh, international currency money, were, are withheld in the bank. So we cannot take mm-hmm. out any of uh, US dollars or euros or any international currency we have in, in our accounts. And even the Lebanese uh, pounds, we have limits by week. Like we can take uh, out a very limited amount uh, each week. At the time we created the festival, uh, the fresh money was the money that has arrived uh, freshly to Lebanon. So if someone had a, you know an international transaction of $500 from outside of Lebanon, this would be considered as fresh money and the person client is allowed to take it out from from the bank in cash as a, an international currency so for us it was a fresh money uh, so we managed to, not all of it was fresh money uh, the bank only gave us 40% of it in, in cash but uh, I had it's really a tough uh, period to talk about but I really had to ha- have meetings with the, with the manager so many times I almost cried in one of those times just mm-hmm. to convince them to just give us our money because we need to pay them for the musicians or for the venues. Or, but this trip, you know, it's part of it's part of it. <laughs> so, um, so what we decided to do at the time, uh, because we thought that even though our money is not huge, but we wanted to support the maximum musicians that we can and the maximum venues that we can. So the idea was to uh, also limit the risk. So we didn't want to spread the festival over four or five nights. So we limited it to only two nights. Uh, we spread also all the venues around Beirut. So if one of the ven- of the streets would close because of the revolution, we would be, of course, cancelling the, the concerts and those venues, but we can keep others uh, other concerts and other venues so eventually the program was 24 mm-hmm. local artists and 12 different venues performing in the same night uh, happening everywhere so people were walking around the city hoping from a from a venue to another to catch their their musician uh, the concerts were free for uh, for the audience which is something that normally as Beirut and beyond we refuse to do because we always want to promote the idea that culture is a product to be paid for Uh, it cannot it be has its value yeah it's valuable exactly and it's an industry so when we pay the artist it's a whole circle of economy that needs to be uh, emphasized on so normally we don't do it but the purpose of making those concerts for free were that within our budget we managed to cover the expenses and we wanted people to spend money in the venues that because also the venues were offering uh, their space so we were only covering for technical sites but the venues were offering uh, their spaces for free so we wanted also to encourage people to spend, yeah. eat drink or whatever in in the venues, spend their money there. So uh, it was one of the most successful editions for us. It was almost fully packed in in all the venues. Uh, The first night, uh, it was only um, like one venue that was the main night. It it was incredible. And the other small venues were also full. So it was... um, It was a statement for us. I was very proud that we managed to share the statement with the whole uh, local music scene that we are there and we will always be there to find solutions uh, to any emergency, urgent, sorry, to any urgent need or any emergency that the scene would uh, would face. Yes, and I think that the spirit of the people coming together, the atmosphere was just really brilliant, and the choice of musicians as well. I, I remember 
I was just amazed by this wide array of musicians performing and thinking, whoa, one is better than the other. Uh, and also the whole idea of spreading it out from one place to another where you experience the city and its diversity and also walk through it because of spreading the venues. And Can I just say one thing on, on that level? And it's not because I'm talking to you, but it was very, very important for me personally and for us as a festival uh, to have international professionals present for this exceptional editions because, edition because this is how we communicated about it. It is an exceptional edition because the main mission of Beirut and Beyond is to promote local and regional artists to the international music scene. And now when we were in um, exceptional times and we needed you know, international support in some way, we were there, we found you know, professionals who are willing to be there to support the scene, to come and only discover the Lebanese scene. And uh, I mean, having you around us was uh, was wonderful. <laughs> uh, thank you. And just just to mention <laughs> a few of the acts. So there was uh, an unforgettable Tarek Yemeni and Lilian Shlela. There was Bashar Mar Khalife, probably one of the most amazing shows I've seen. <laughs> Ah, yeah. <laughs> Who else was there? I'm trying to remember. There was Munma at Riwak, I think. Then there was... Also at Riwak, there were Madame Chandelier. I don't know if you managed to catch both of them, but they were both in, um, in mm-hmm. Riwak. Uh, which is uh, Madame Chandelier is Anthony Sanon, mm-hmm. who is also a member of uh, Kinematic. Mm-hmm. Yes. In um, Metro Medina, we managed to book three acts, which among them Zaid Hamdan uh, with Lin Adib and uh, mm-hmm. Melmo. Also had Donna Khalife, yes. the jazz uh, cellist, uh, jazz bass player, sorry, in, um, in Salon Beirut. Uh, those were in Hamra. So we, we had quite a diversity. We also had Escalier, Trossant Ambe in um, demo so it was smaller venue but also bigger ones and we ended the night in ballroom blitz one of the newest venues in in town and the most uh, i would say technically well equipped and uh, most of those venues were were um, harmed by the by the explosion of uh, august 4th but yes um, and this is yeah. where we're heading <laughs> تحت شمس
So, unfortunately, what was it? Five months later, after this historic edition, Beirut went under the rubble. And a lot of these venues were damaged. A lot of people died. Um, and this is partly why m- me and you are discussing this, uh, the, the, the compilation as well, is that one year on, you came up with this compilation that is here to support the artists and the scene despite the destruction that occurred. So from then on, I remember you had those ideas of how to support the scene, how all of those artists, but everyone, everyone lost a lot and uh, their livelihoods, their homes and everything. And so you did what you could do in order to support the, the, the network that is around you, which would then give back, right? And you wanted to create this compilation. So if you want to talk about the story of the compilation. <laughs> yeah, the story of the compilation starts in uh, August mm-hmm. 4. Yeah, I think after this day, so many um, artists were... Uh, because I think it, it was a series of of, um, of uh, crises or of um, catastroph- <laughs> catastrophes in, in Lebanon. And then, of course, came uh, COVID-19 uh, right after the, the edition, the exceptional edition. So already all the musicians were, were at a stagnation phase. All the cultural scene was, was inactive. Uh, and then um, in August 4, I think after that, uh, there is before August 4 and after. August for for everyone, even if we had lost a person on this day or we didn't, uh, something was lost. Uh, something deep has changed in all our lives, yes. I think. And after that came a period for most of the musicians uh, that w- was they were also inactive in terms of of production because during the COVID nineteen, some people were were um, creating. Uh, they were recording in their studios. They were doing some things. But after this date, if they survived the explosion. Probably their houses didn't, or their instruments didn't, or their uh, equipment didn't. And even if everything survived, emotionally, I think none was was ready to to work again, or to produce again, to be creative again. Few few months after, it was I think in like a month after in September, I was uh, visiting uh, Khayyam Lami in his house in Beirut, which was destroyed. completely destroyed from mm-hmm. the explosion. I remember pretty well. We were sitting like of his window that faces the I'm sorry, I will just very briefly stop and say that for those who don't know Khayyam Al-Lami, he's a British-Iraqi multi-instrumentalist, a brilliant composer, researcher, and he also played part on this compilation. Because Khayyam also, I've, I'm very close to him because he opened the first edition of Beirut and Beyond in 2013. Mm-hmm. So this is something very emotional for me. <laughs> he was the, the first artist 
performed the first concert. And uh, I have worked with him closely as a manager uh, back in 2014 and 15. We created some projects together and I know his parkour, his, his story and his talent and the, develop, the development he has done to his career and to his music uh, amazingly. So I, when I was visiting him to check on him and just I started just telling him that I feel hopeless or uh, unuseful you know like uh, useless <laughs> I don't know how, what I can do I don't know how Beirut and Beyond can do something to initiate some kind of support I mean some cultural organization managed to do some um, uh, international crowdfunding which is great because they managed to support artists directly it was like a direct support a uh, relief support right after the explosion but for us we needed to do something more um, pertinent or more a bit different that can help the artists in a way not only because of the explosion but also like encourage them to to start producing again and be creative again and this is how uh, the idea came up Khayam suggested that we can commission the artists to create and then we started developing how we can commission them, how we can choose the artists. Okay, if they created, what can we do after we can produce it in local studios, then we can be supporting the local studios with the humble amounts that we have and then we can produce it in a compilation and then we can do the distribution of the compilation and expose them and promote them differently. So this is, we're getting them back in a cycle of production and distribution that they have been missing for 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 a year almost and um, one additional thing we thought of that could be very relevant with them was to register them also in the SASAM which is a huge um, eternal uh, issue in, in the Arab world and in Lebanon which are the copyrights so so many artists are not registered so this will give them recognition to their work and have a a kind of different income since we know that COVID has had limited or had you know stopped uh, so many like resources or incomes to the artists so this could be a different one that we can promote more and yes. push for it. And uh, very briefly I will just interfere and say that SASEM is the royalties society. society exactly this is the word that I'm looking for mm-hmm. um, that is equivalent mm-hmm. to the British PRS and they have been around for a while but in the Arabic world all of the question of uh, royalties and copyrights is still not resolved the way it is in the global north and so many artists actually do not get paid for for their work that is being played or streamed True. and the issue is not uh, sometimes uh, stops at the artist because they don't register themselves sometimes it stops at the you no know, promoter because they don't they are not registered with the, with collecting societies and they don't pay for them so it's the problem comes from different sides and we need a whole awareness campaigns for and education and uh, promoting this to to have a, a better um, like a better process of, of doing and collecting uh, copyrights mm-hmm. so uh, this is how uh, the musician support program started uh, we had a call we had almost uh, a bit more than 100 applications i was so happy with with the number but at the same time I, we were set to choose 10 artists but then we said we need to include more uh, we had the support of Oslo World and uh, which is our main partner and uh, Théâtre de la Ville they did a fundraising campaign themselves in, in Oslo and in Europe and they did a concert uh, two concerts one in Paris and one in uh, in Oslo to raise funds so they helped us raise uh, additional funds from the ones that we had from the Norwegian embassy in Beirut and in this way we managed to to multiply the number by two so we had 20 
artists to choose. We commissioned each artist to create a new track mm-hmm. and they were paid a financial uh, you know, amount for that. And then we put them in touch with local producers and local uh, sound engineers and studios so they can produce their, their songs. And we were uh, covering the cost directly to the studios and to the sound engineers. And then uh, it was mastered uh, into a compilation by Carlos um, Schweire, who's a Lebanese sound engineer based in, in Amsterdam, uh, Modular Mind. It was a huge challenge to master all those 20 sounds, uh, different sounds in one uh, compilation. But yeah, it's a, it's a learning experience as well for us and for the artists. Uh, it, it's the first compilation that we released. It's the first album. So it was also like we had the good intention of creating this, but it, we were not also aware of all the challenges we were we were gonna face and then the release uh, was uh, set uh, originally mid of may and then it was delayed because of the whole situation in palestine so we couldn't we, we as a as an um, you know like engaged institution and knowing that the artists we're working with are also uh, committed and uh, aware and supportive of the Palestinian um, struggle, struggle uh, we had to postpone and then the release was done in, uh, in June mm-hmm. for the Beirut 2021. Mm-hmm. Which track would you play first out of the 20? Because they're very varied. The sounds are actually very, they, they're like from, they range from post-rock to experimental to bits of jazz and classical to more classical. It literally caters to every taste of music that there is, which is wonderful. And it opens yeah. up with uh, Jafar Taffar's single, right? The title track is called Nitrate. It's explosive, <laughs> literally. <laughs> so... Yeah, yes, and it's, um, it wasn't hard to choose <laughs> the first track. Ya <laughs> 
وهم الانتصارات يا سقف الحريات يلي حارق فينا الخيمية مكسر الاسبيكرات يا ناطر من برا رزمي حتى تقبض بالدولارات فجرتونا بنترات انتو شوية عرصات فجرتونا بنترات انتو شوية عرصات فجرتونا بنترات انتو شوية عرصات فجرتونا But it was so hard to to do the yeah. It, it it makes it so hard to choose which one is the favorite or which one we would open with because I think each one of them holds uh, holds a lot of talent first, uh, a lot of quality and uh, a huge message. Each one of them, you know, it could be a message of anger or sadness or anything. But too many um, layers in in one song. Um, but I would uh, I would open up with twenty twenty five. Uh, okay jumping into the future <laughs> hopefully a better future yeah inshallah <laughs> yeah yeah inshallah
And then the whole process, were you able to get all of the musicians together? How challenging was it? Um, it was it was challenging. We have um, we we created a committee of selection of uh, different profiles, local, international. Khayam was part of it uh, because he was aware of the whole process and what we were looking at to include in our selection. Um, we also had Tariq Yamane, um, who is part of the board of trustees of Beirut and Beyond at the, at the moment. Rasha Salah as well, who um, who used to be the director of um, Darul Namr in Beirut and previously uh, the director of funds in, in AFAQ, the Arab Front for Arts and Culture. Mm-hmm. Also Yasmin Hamdan, Alexandra Arkati stolen from Oslo World, and um, Lara Khouri from Lebanon, who used to work with uh, Sony Music and now is an independent consultant. So um, we tried to have several profiles in the committee to uh, also reflect a diversity in the selection. The criterias were not tough, may I say, which made it harder for the committee to select. And the application, we insisted for it to be simple and straightforward. So it wasn't really an application for the artist to start filling like um, like they would do normally with regular funding, big funding application. Finally, the amount was not huge that we offered, but we did our best. Uh, so the application was only the biography of the artist and previous works. And if they had anything to say about why they are applying, mm-hmm. but that was it. So this was the information given to the committee who had to listen to their previous work and then decide according to the previous work, to the diversity of genres, to the commitment that we always have and the gender balance and the talent they they saw in, um, in each one. And we didn't want to choose, you know, artists that have already worked with Beirut and Beyond or had released previously, we wanted also to take some risks. It didn't only include Lebanese musicians, it also included Syrian and Egyptian musicians. Yes, exactly, because also it's a it's for a musician based in Lebanon. Mm-hmm. So it's not, uh, we don't, the, the, the nationality is not too much because everyone who's based in Lebanon has been facing the same issues, mm-hmm. let it be uh, Egyptian, Syrian or Lebanese. Mm-hmm. So this is a support for the local music scene in terms of uh, anyone who's based here. So it, it's great to see how appreci- how appreciative, appreci- appreciative, how much appreciation. Mm-hmm appreciative voila. they are and how they also are understanding that it's a process that we are also doing for the first time with them and they trust our good intention um, we started also in this framework a series of webinars so we did um, a webinar on copyrights with Khayam and then another one on publishing with um, Song Trust. It was mainly for them, for the artists of the compilation, but a bit opened up to to other musicians if they want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was done. When I heard the first time, you know, we we had it uh, like the uh, final uh, mix mm-hmm. before the mastering. We we're just discussing with Khayam, so we started testing how we will be doing the uh, the lineup of the compilation, and it was uh, all MP3, MP3s on SoundCloud, and I had to listen to all the tracks. I the 20 tracks i think i was you know like emotionally overwhelmed uh, so happy of, of the the voyage i did with, with this music and the the sounds as i was able to listen to and the, the feelings I, I was having throughout an hour and a half it was um, unforgettable as a, as a moment yeah um and also like other than the fact that it is very inclusive and varied i can't help but comment on the uh, gender diversity. Um, Do you want to 
perhaps talk about that diversity in instrumentation uh, and musical reflection? Um, just let me say a quick word about the woman uh, involvement in this uh, compilation. It's um, of course it's a balance, gender balanced uh, selection of, of artists, which we insist on, and we know that this is um, this is a phase now that we need to support uh, women presence in all uh, sectors of, of the music industry because. Until now, we we don't have it organically to 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 have women working uh, as technicians uh, behind the desk on stage anywhere. So it's this effort is really needed at this moment until we reach the stage where we stop needing to 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 classify this way and just have uh, eventually as talented uh, men and women and and just skip this um, categorization and um, challenge to always you know like. Push, push the woman where she should be. Mm-hmm. I hope I explained properly yeah, where, where she wants to, to be, because there's often, even like, anyway, even here, I'm sitting in London and women still face challenges in being sound engineers exactly. or, or being composers. There's far fewer women in the music industry everywhere still. And so there's still a huge gap and the lack. And this is something that we as Beirut and Beyond we are working uh, on. We made, we um, produced a workshop that was called Women Do Sound, and it was about live sound engineering, not uh, not the recording or the mixing, uh, with uh, Sana Romanos in collaboration she, with her. She was, she is a, um, a live sound engineer who has worked internationally and locally. And the good thing is that w- this workshop was done for eight women, and we had 25 applications of women who wanted to be sound engineers, which is, mm. I think, great. And the eight women that did the workshop are now uh, going on uh, trainings and internships with Sana on different projects that she's handling and eventually they will be part of the technical team of Beirut and Wow, Beyond. that's amazing. Mm. As uh, concerning the, the diversity of instrumentation and influences, this was something that also took part in the selection process um, because I know, I think we're all aware that the electronic music is taking a huge part of, of the music scene. But in the same time, we also wanted to, um, now m- most of the productions are going into that direction, but also others are, are just instrumental or just being electronic, but based on different influences or, or ideas. This was important for us to reflect that this is also still happening, that some musicians like Jana comes from the classical music, the Baroque, music and um, she was able to mix this talent and influence of or this genre with, with the funk and uh, create um, a track that's uh, really i think um, it has never been created something like this before from from the local scene you know like this kind of sound and this kind I of love it. I ha- mixture i have to admit that it's probably my favorite one <laughs> sorry if Maybe i can, can show uh, some favoritism <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I'm I'm happy to hear. Um, and maybe we can make the listeners also have see, a yes. have a listen to see what they would think. Definitely hyperbolic funk. We fly high, walk along the straight lines, propositioning the Pythagoras theorem and all its extremities in a lonesome attempt to figure out the ways of the future. Hold on to what you can. All the rest is by the way. Got it? Don't ever underestimate misunderstandings. They happen all the time. Understanding technology and electronics. 
and the way light bulbs shed light on other things that have no light, reflected by the sun that disappears when the sun drowns in the deep waters of life. Forget your untold stories and watch the world forget them with you. Lie about truths that hold no meaning and truths about lies that hold you down. Let me just uh, mention someone uh, as well from the compilation with whom uh, we've worked after the compilation with Yara Asmar. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yara is really an emerging talent. Um, she has, she still has no releases before uh, this uh, first track, Numbers Don't Make Good Friends. Mm-hmm. And um, she's a bit experimenting with toys, uh, like toy piano, with the uh, theremin. Uh, so she's using so many instruments and sounds to, to create her music. She was selected and part of uh, our uh, series of residents. Uh, residencies um, that we um, uh, launched a few weeks back. Mm-hmm. And it's a selection of six artists, local artists, who will do uh, two weeks residencies, and three in Lebanon and three international. Mm-hmm. And the purpose is to give some time, uh, some resources, some equipment, and some uh, uh, professional advice for, uh, for musicians to develop uh, their music in the way they want. So we are discussing with each one what they need, how they see this residency, and we're trying to uh, make it happen for them. So Nice. Did you want to choose one to play? Yeah, we can actually play um, a tribute to Rafi Shukri, which oh, is Sari. Yes, please. I wanted to ask mm. about this one. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to point out that Dani Shukri and Tariq Khulukhi are part of uh, Tanjar al-Daghat, which is a Syrian uh, rock band uh, based in Beirut since 2011. Also part of this band is uh, Khaled Amran, who is also on the compilation. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the rare times where each of those musicians would be, you know, like working alone uh, or not in, in the under the, the umbrella of, of Tanjar al-Daghat or Pressure Pot. And it's very interesting to hear their, their different sounds set separately Mm -hmm. and this song specifically is also very interesting because it is a tribute to the grandfather of of Dani Shukri uh, Rafiq Shukri I didn't realize it's his grandfather
father. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Rafiq Shukri was a musician in Damascus. He has influenced the Oriental music deep. And this was not, uh, you know, acknowledged by, by the whole music scene in Lebanon and in Syria. And uh, Bani was, was influenced a lot by, by his grandfather and his, uh, his family, who is also his father is a musician. Yes, very briefly, he actually composed music to the likes of Mary Jobran, Suad Muhammad, Faiza Ahmad. He was actually like huge. And I think that he worked in the Idat al-Sharq al-Adna, the Near East broadcast station in Haifa and then in Baghdad. Yeah, and those are musicians who unfortunately are not valued uh, enough in our times. And I think this this music is, is also, I, I mean, I, I love how it starts with the with someone, you know, like a narrator talking about Rafiq Shukri. And uh, it's really, it takes us back, uh, but in the same time, it keeps us here. So it's uh, it's nice. I, it's, I love it. Yes, me too. Rafiq Shukri Rahal, who was a little bit of 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 a والالحان كلها على طريقة عبد الوهاب والأصبجي إجا هو عمل مدرسة جديدة في المغنى اللي هو الغناء الشامي بمعنى الشامي
looking into the future, what awaits? Hopefully another homegrown edition in the beginning of the year, maybe February or March 2022. And hopefully, um, I wouldn't say a comeback to reality, but uh, to, to normal, but uh, another regular edition of Reut and Beyond in December 2020. These are the, you know, like, The long-term plans. Uh, now what we're doing is um, we're focusing all our uh, activities and efforts on the local scene. So the series of residencies is, is happening. It started in uh, mid-June and is happening until uh, March. We have a series of workshops that started with the Women Do Sound and another one uh, which is um, Musicians and Live Sound. And now we're continuing with uh, some sampling uh, workshop for uh, for hip-hop with uh, Raz. Uh, we're discussing some other uh, workshops that That are needed for the local scene which are like copywriting for uh, for communication or uh, even uh, for funding applications things that will development of, of the careers of the musicians the residencies are focusing on the creation and the production and we're trying also to collaborate locally with different events happening or, or other uh, initiatives because we think that uh, it is needed now to join forces. Well, thank you for walking us through the story and history of Beirut and beyond and telling the the impressive and powerful stories of a city that has endured so much uh, and that is still enduring so much and whose music captures the many stories that are flowing through it. And um, if I was to ask you to close with one song, Amani, from the compilation or one track? I would close uh, with uh, Rust. I pre-close the compilation. Uh, Maulai. Uh, um, Rust is a, is a new band uh, by um, um, two artists, a Syrian uh, producer and electronic musician, uh, Hani Manja, and uh, Lebanese singer, Perla, sorry, Petra Hawi. فحن عليا تكرما <تصفيق>